Public CEO Report is a podcast that provides insights about the public sector and public policy for the benefit of decision makers and leaders powering our community. I'm your host, writer Todd Smith, and today we're joined by Ali Sajad Taj, Artesia City Council member and president of the League of California Cities, commonly referred to Cal Cities. Ali, welcome to the Public CEO Report. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. I love having local government leaders on here to have a conversation. And of course, uh, Cal Cities or the League of California Cities is the big dog association in California. How many how many members you got? How many member cities are in there in the league? So we represent each and every uh, city or community or town in California. There are 482 towns and cities. We represent them all. Um, so we are very, very honored to represent each and every city and town and and do advocacy on behalf of them awesome now you yourself are a local government official right a city council member kind of a prerequisite to be the league president uh how'd you get involved why'd you get involved in local government i mean i've, I've been around long enough to remember your first year you got elected and i met you at uh i think a holiday event that was being thrown by the la division of the league of cities um many years ago but how'd you why'd you decide to run for city council Great question. I get uh, this question all the time. So, uh, you know, I came to United States of America in 1999, immigrated because my parents, they had lived here and I was the last one out of my siblings to move here. And I followed my family, basically. And um, I had done my master's in public administration, bachelor's in economics and political science. And um, but I thought when I would get here, I will get a nice cushy job. And I really searched for well over six months and I ran out of all my savings and I said, okay, well, this ain't working. I gotta feed my family. I gotta put food on the table. And what do I do? And I was extremely super frustrated. And the first job that I found, but at that time I said, okay, well, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. Um, so the first job that I found was a local electronics store back in the day it was the good guys mm. and i made four dollars and 25 cents an hour um and that was my first job um i was extremely frustrated um why am i getting a job of four dollars and 25 cents an hour where i have a master's i have a degree and you know i've got all the credentials that could get me like forty-five thousand starting or fifty thousand back in that day right. so um you know um fast forward now I think back, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, right after that, six months later, uh, I put myself through financial schooling and uh, got a job as a financial advisor with American Express Financial Services, and then rose up to the rank to be the vice president to run Southern California Division for American Express. Um, and in 2013 was the first time when I actually decided to run uh, for the city council for Artesia. And the reason was because I wanted to give back to uh, the wonderful city, the wonderful community Artesia has been to open up its arms to me to not only give my first job, but also in so many ways that was a home for me. Um, so, and for my family as well. So at that time, um, City of Artesia was experiencing some financial issues just coming off the heels of uh, 2007 and 8. And you remember, right, the big recession. Many communities and cities were experiencing that just off recession, just like you said. 
So I thought having that financial knowledge background, it may be a good idea for me to be on the council and bring a different perspective. And uh, that was my story and running for the first time, you know, as you know, being in the local government, you know, it's, it's tough and hard and not coming from that background. And also, you know, people would say, okay, well, you're, you're the new kid around the block. So maybe second time around if you stick, you know, so, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, first time around, I went around the entire city once, twice and thrice, shook everybody's hand regardless that person was registered voter or not a voter. I just, you know, and, you know, I was elected the first time. And so that's where I feel, you know, giving back was the fact that I really wanted to be on the council and give back also consistently and going forward. And then in 2013, remember, that's when I was elected. And in 2014, uh, LA Division Representative Christine Guerrero, she was looking for someone to serve on Public Safety Committee. And I raised my hand. I said, I want to be engaged. I want to be involved. I want to be, uh, you know, and not knowing what I was getting into. Um, I did my part when it came to running a campaign. I had absolutely no clue what governance looks like, what policy <laughs> looks like. Um, and I said, OK, well, you know, this is an opportunity for me to learn. So, and I had absolutely no idea. I learned along the way. I learned as I got more engaged and involved with Cal Cities and other organizations, uh, learning from ILG, learning from other uh, forums that uh, League of California Cities provided, still provides and will continue to provide. This was a great learning um, forum for me uh, when I came to Cal Cities and serving on the first time ever serving on a, 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 with a League of California Policy Committee Public Safety and others as well. I got engaged involved with new mayors and council members, academy, and then later on into caucuses and so on and so forth. But and that is kind of where I felt and then came, and taking that back and then giving back to my city and my community. But that's kind of my story about getting engaged and involved with um, league and really about government. Why did your, uh, well, first of all, a long story arc and congratulations on managed to get elected your first first try at it. I'm sure some of your peers have to laugh at that a little bit because they probably tried several times before they finally got a chance to be victorious in their election uh, and then serve uh, on the board with you. Um, but I am, uh, why did you, so you immigrated uh, to, to City of Artesia, or did you immigrate somewhere else first and then settle into Artesia? City of Artesia first. So you immigrated Artesia and it stuck. Because my, my family was here, they were here. So, you know, you kind of follow the family. Sure. You follow, kind of follow who is near and dear to you and it was family. That makes sense. Well, that's great. That's a, that's a long time you've been. So I guess you've been in Artesia for uh, how long now? Uh, 24 years. It's a long time. Yeah. You know Artesia well. Half a century. Why, um, why, so you kind of explain why you got involved in Cal Cities in terms of learning, uh, but, you know, how'd you, uh, how, how have you found yourself ascending or having ascended to the role of president of Cal Cities? How, how did that come about? Uh, so, you know, um, it's interesting because 
um, as I served on the policy committee, um, you know, I looked up the, to the president at that time, looked at the leadership role, uh, who was serving as second vice president, first VP. And I thought it would be great to influence and bring more uh, different perspective from my background. And I kind of, um, you know, looked up to that role. And looking up to that role, I said to myself, maybe one day I could be there and bring a different perspective. Uh, California is a fourth largest economy of the world now with 3.3 trillion um, in GDP. Um, and Southern California actually contributes about 60% to this uh, economy. And uh, representing each and every uh, city, and each and every city brings a very different perspective. But yet, League of California having northern, southern, and central California or coastal cities uh, or agricultural cities, really each and every city brings a different perspective, but we always speak with one voice. And our one voice is our mission statement. And our mission statement is nothing else but to expand and protect the local control through education and advocacy. So we pride ourselves to be there for 125 years just on that local control. And how do we do that? We do that through, uh, through advocacy and education. And that is something that really, to start with, that's where I found myself, hey, you know what? I don't know much about how governance works, but how do I do that? It's through this path that this wonderful organization, the most pre prestigious, the most known, uh, organization, the oldest organization of, uh, of uh, California, which represent all these municipalities and cities, you know, and their mission statement is nothing else but education and advocacy. And that's what really got me interested in going through this path. So you did a good job there, too, of denoting all this um, complexity and perspectives and diverse viewpoints, because 482 cities, you're going to end up with 482 opinions on something potentially. Um, and kind of weaving through those varied membership interests and concerns, um, I'm sure it can be a challenge. It'd be a challenge for any organization, right? It's the consequence of having size and representing so many cities. How have you, how does the kind of, how does Cal Cities manage through that diverse viewpoint perspective and, and work to, you know, because some cities are going to feel like they might not agree with where Cal Cities has made a particular policy stance. Some want you to go faster, others want you to go slower. How do you navigate some of those issues? What's the structure or what's the what's the attitude around the league to make that happen? It's a great question. Um, you know, we are a giant, no doubt about that, just like you should. Um, and, and like I said, Northern California is very different than Southern. And, and then uh, our Central California is completely different. We represent each and every city. We also are 16 divisions, broken into 16 divisions. And divisions and are like chapters, right? Chapters, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my goal was to actually visit each and every chapter or division throughout my presidency. And I've been successful in 14, and we've, I got two more to go uh, before September. You going to get there? I absolutely am going to get there. Okay. Two more to go. Two more to go before September, but definitely okay. get there. 
but what I've found and each and every division being different but together. What I've found each and every chapter different but yet together with one voice of having a issue that we all focus on, which is local control. Yes, we do not agree on things which sometimes Lone California may say differently than Southern California. Mm -hmm. or Central California, each, each city is different. Even Artesia, I'll give an example, is only about 18,000 folks. And next to us is Lakewood or Norwalk or, uh, or Cerritos. Even we are small cities, but we are different. So what to talk about a division, what to talk about a, a region, what to talk about entire California. Yes, we're different. We have, and that's why we are cities. Because we have different issues, but yes, we do come together when it comes to local control issue. And how do we actually put this together as League of California cities when we actually meet up? We actually meet up every year defining our, our, our strategic goals for the year. And we meet up from Southern California, Northern California, Central, uh, coastal cities. And we meet up in November. Uh, and we, the, the reason we do that is because uh, in January, we will start the session. We'll start the session. When I say we, of course, the legislature will start the session. State legislative session is what you're referring to. We'll start the session. Yeah. And, and we'll be there to advocating for our priorities uh, before they start the session and making sure that each and every voice is heard from entire California. And when the leaders come together, it's not just the elected officials who come together to give that input and to give their uh, the residents voices. It's the departments, it's the city managers departments, the, uh, other departments who also come together to, to actually give their input. So strategically, we really make sure that each and every voice is heard from the communities, from the departments, as well as from caucuses. We also have five caucuses. So we're very diverse when it comes to, you know, representation, not just from the standpoint of being elected, but from the division, from the staff standpoint, as well as from the diversity standpoint as well. So sure. we, uh, we intake each and every one who is, and then we come down, we, it's a two-day exercise, we come down to those priorities and we really, you know, hone into those priorities and we come up to not just, not just, well, we come up to only three or four priorities, not just 15 or 16, we just uh, narrow it down to three, maybe four priorities. Uh, which is a good practice because if you have if everything's a priority then nothing is a priority i found in life so you gotta you gotta pick your battles right so we keep talking about this annual conference the league annual conference so let's dive into that that's a very exciting gathering how many people right. where you're going to be this year for the league annual conference and how many people are you expecting and what should people look forward to with your league annual conference well look uh, th this is a this is a big deal this is a conference and expo so it is not only just the conference, conference speech of it, but we have an expo. And expo means, you know, the league partners, they are there. And future partners are there. It's the entire um, conference floor or the conventional floor that is, um, and it's, it's a huge one. Yep. So, um, you know, we already have about 17 to 1800 registrants who have actually been registered. Um, what I've learned is, 
Sheraton and Hyatt, they're all sold out and some other neighboring um, hotels have been sold out. Um, and a lot of people have signed up. We are extremely excited and looking forward to, to this uh, expo and conference. Uh, there are quite a few good speakers uh, who are going to be uh, doing their opening, uh, our opening general sessions, which I am not quite aware right now, but that's what I've heard that they are still working on that. We've got some really, really good educational sessions and breakout sessions. Uh, what I learned was there were close to about 300 uh, people who applied and we were only able to fit in maybe 30 or so. Um, just to give you a little bit of an idea, I was talking to Carolyn, our executive director. She said that, you know, back in the day, we used to have this five-day conference. We're down to only about three days because we were able to uh, fit in all these breakout sessions and yeah, but people said no we just want to do three day so we've got a very good uh, packed agenda with breakout sessions educational sessions and of course advocacy being our, our, our top priority and that's going to be um, you know that's going to also be there but really it's about networking it's about um, elected officials as well as staff staff finds it extremely valuable because uh, it's not just about elected officials, it's about staff, it's about league partners, it's about getting together and getting to not just know each other, but learning from each other from best, best practices. That is, you know, in my neighborhood community or, or uh, across from, uh, from there in Northern California. So we're very, very excited about the conference. We're going to be celebrating 125 years this year. Um, so a big number, 125 years. That's a long time. It is. It definitely is. We're very, very excited about that. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm extremely honored to serve as a president for, for this organization. Uh, and so, uh, speaking of which, so your term, when does your term officially wrap up? When do you hand off the gavel, so to speak? So, uh, th that's a very good question because, you know, when I interviewed, I thought I'll be interviewing for the president, but, you know, it's a four-year commitment. You become the second vice president, first vice president, and then the president, then the immediate president. Just like I shared with you, the immediate press president also has quite a few responsibilities as like chairing the governance committee. First vice right. president is chairing the audit committee and second vice president is chairing the finance committee. So there are so many responsibilities that we all do. So to specifically answer your question. So in September, after we are done with the general assembly, I'll be handing the gavel over to the next incoming president, that is Daniel Parra from the city of Fowler in Central California. He's also serving as currently the mayor, so he'll be taking over as the president for the League of California Cities. Okay. And that's when it will, uh, will occur. And that's so it'll happen, it'll happen at the General Assembly meeting? Right after the General Assembly. Yes. Okay. All right. So then you'll be, you'll be, uh, Still in for your service on the governance side, but no longer bearing the burdens and responsibilities of being president. That's, that's correct. Ali, what's been your favorite thing for the, I mean, you got two more months to go, but what's been your favorite thing so far about being president? Uh, other than, you know, everybody treating you with a huge amount of respect and kissing the ring and things like that. Like what, what, uh, what, what do you love about being president? So, uh, you know, my vision has been writer engagement, engagement and engagement and engagement uh, with our city leaders and not just the elected officials but staff and everyone who's engaged uh, with league of california cities just like i shared with you that's the first and the foremost 
is engagement with each other and making sure that we are there for advocacy and education to protect and defend local control. That's one piece of engagement. Second piece of engagement is actually engaging with our legislatures, not only at the level of local, yes, we have excellent relationship with our, our legislature, but at the league level and really creating that solid name that we've had in for 125 years and to keep on reminding our state legislature, look, this is about local control. Nothing else but local. Yes, some of the legislatures do come from uh, local purpose. Sometimes they, they forget, as you know. And this year, there has been a turnover of about 34 new legislatures because of redistricting, because of some, you know, terming out. In next two election cycles, we will see a complete turnover of 120 legislatures because of terming out and, and so on and so forth. And so that engagement piece is critically, second piece of engagement is critically important with our state legislation, making sure our community's voices are heard loud and clear, not just from uh, our office, but also from the from each and individual who represents the community really well. So that's the second piece of engagement that I have. The third piece of engagement is, you know, when we go to the ballot box, like we were talking about housing and other issues, and we've got an issue that is coming up, which is which will actually be a detriment to our uh, local control, uh, which is a, a uh, which is CBRT issue, is working with league partners. That's critically critically important that these uh, league partners or these three buckets are they work together. They work together hand in hand. So my vision has been engagement with our, uh, our um, leaders who represent our cities, elected staff and whosoever is actually engaged involved. Second is engagement with our state legislatures on advocacy issues and policy issues. And third is actually being very seriously engaged with our big partners. So these are three very important and major things that I would like to leave as a legacy. And that's what I've been focusing on. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to, that I close the year with that message, a strong message that I have been given to all throughout these 14 divisions as I uh, go around and talk about engagement, 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 and how important it is that actually coincide with our mission statement. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting point to note about how much turnover there is going to be in the state legislature. Um, partly, it's just a result of high incumbency return rates, um, partly, obviously, redistricting and partly term limits, of course, as another major factor, all of which play in. So if you're going to turn over the vast majority, right, nearly every position and the legislature and the Senate or the assembly in the Senate, uh, that's a lot of opportunities to make first impressions. So uh, the league has its work cut out for it itself in the next several years to make sure they're making those uh, deep impressions, deep first impressions on newly elected officials um, to help bolster their advocacy efforts and retain that local control. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and you mentioned, by the way, you mentioned a big effort you're focused on called CBRT, which I believe is the California Business Roundtable. That's what that acronym stands for. I know we love acronyms in local government, so let me just bring clarity to that for our audience. Uh, this is a, um, a private uh, sector uh, advocacy 
I don't know if it's a group or political advocacy committee, but effectively they are advancing. Uh, and will it be on the ballot in November of 2024, Ali? Is that the plan? That's correct. That's what's anticipated? That's what is it. They tried to qualify in the previous election cycle with signatures. They were not able to. They were not. This time they've been successful to get the signatures. They just, they've qualified to be in 24 ballot. Okay. Uh, so and this measure would do what? So, so th this will definitely, um, you know, be, be a detrimental to our local communities, especially when it comes to tax issues. We are able to, as local, um, we, we can, uh, you know, based on what the community is, we can work through the community to put certain tax. But this would really uh, be detrimental to a lot of things, including the taxes, and it will go back. Uh, from year 2020. So so we are taking position as Cal Cities to make sure we fight this. And not only us, um, the governor is also fighting this measure, uh, state legislatures. Um, there are many who are going to be on board as we move forward. Mm -hmm. Because uh, this truly takes the, um, the, the fact that, you know, as elected, you know, there are certain things that, you know, we know, we know where the potholes are, frankly. Right. <laughs> frankly, so, so we know where, uh, where our residents, you know, what they want. So we, we, we are the ones to make those decisions. So if the decisions are made by some outsider, then it makes no sense. So, and especially when it comes to, um, especially when it comes to, you know, putting taxes and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. So, uh, so ultimately, CBRT, uh, California Business Roundtable tax measure, if that's successful in November 2024, it would significantly curtail the capacity of cities to pass tax measures, local tax measures that already require a vote of the people. Uh, and it would retroactively um, it would retroactively apply to any votes that go back to 2020. So theoretically, if you're a city who adopted a tax measure, you could find that that tax measure is now actually void. Uh, and that could have a pretty dramatic hit to your city budget as a result. So I think that's Some, probably why cities are so laser focused on this particular issue. And to your point, as you said earlier, as a kind of mission statement point, like um, this is about local control, right? Choosing to raise taxes is a local control decision held by the local council and the residents to support or oppose that effort. Uh, that's a local control question. So in this case, uh, opposing the California Business Roundtable tax measure is effectively a local control effort to just retain that control with the local domiciles to make their own governance decisions. Absolutely. Summed it really well. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I'm a comms guy in my day job, so I ought to be able to summarize that a little bit well. Uh, Ali, uh, let me just close it out by saying, first of all, thank you for your service uh, to the League of California Cities. Um, if people wanted to, you know, viewers of this wanted to reach out and contact you and offer some thoughts on legislation or local control or things of that nature, what's the best way for people to learn about the League and to maybe get, a, get in touch with you? You got a, is there like a president at uh, calcities.org email address or something like that? <laughs> I wish. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, you're welcome to reach out to me directly. Um, you can reach out through staff. Um, our website, very accessible. Um, uh, welcome to reach out to my email address, which is alisajat50 at gmail. Or my cell. I, everyone has my cell. It's very public. It is 949-836-7107. 949-836-7107. Our, our staff is very accessible. 
Uh, we all have a very open door policy at the league. Uh, we welcome uh, constructive feedback. We welcome any and every feedback. Uh, we are always looking to improve ourselves. And I personally feel there's always a chance to improve. Uh, so we'd love to hear from anyone and everyone out there who has any good uh, or any constructive feedback. We'd love to do that. Uh, well, I also want to thank you for your good work um, in, in local communities. Uh, one thing I'll share with the viewers is uh, that, you know, when I go to different divisions, um, I do always see a representative from Ryder Smith's firm, which is Pepe and Smith, which is amazing in this way that, you know, your representatives are, are always out there. Um, so, so thank you for also fighting for local control and out there to to represent the communities. Um, I appreciate that that comment, Ali. We, uh, you know, Trebuppy Smith takes its local control in supporting our city, uh, our city's clients and friends very seriously. I, as the son-in-law of a 30-year city manager in California, I um, had the opportunity to really get some personal inside perspective in the world before I um, kind of got Trebuppy Smith into the space of local government. So it's personal to me and. Um, and I appreciate you recognizing that we have reps at, at the, all the various division meetings. Uh, they don't quite make it to everyone, but there are a lot of them. And when you have a team of almost 60 people and you're working in with over 150 cities in California, you kind of have an obligation to make sure you show up and see what's going on. And as I learned a long time ago, uh, all government are all politics is local and uh, local government is about showing up. So we like to show up around there for local government. I agree completely. It's all about showing up. 80% is showing up. Yep, 80% is showing up. The rest of it will work itself out. Yeah, 20% is giving out your cell phone on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so with that, Ali, um, and I'll just note yeah, the website you refer to is calcities.org, C-A-L-C-I-T-I-E-S.org, calcities.org, if you want to learn some more. Um, and with that, I'll bring it to a close. I want to... Uh, that's today's report. My thanks to Ollie for joining us from the whole public CEO team and myself, writer Todd Smith. Thank you for your time. We hope you learned something new and inspiring that will help you in your public service. Remember, Public CEO has a daily newsletter that is free to those who sign up at publicceo.com. If you have feedback, questions, or guest suggestions for Public CEO Report, please email editor at publicceo.com.